In the 20 plus years of helping people plan for the cost of retirement and long-term health care, we've identified one consistent theme among families and caregivers. People don't like to talk about money. Life care affordability planning helps families who are facing long-term health issues and increasing health-related expenditures to make better informed financial decisions during a time when there are so many unanswered questions. It's time to face this topic head-on, address the emotional charge of discussing money, and discover practical ways to bridge the gap between a long-term health care plan and your ability to pay for it. Hello and welcome to the Life Care Affordability Planning Podcast with Tom West and Arvet Reed from Signature Estate and Investment Advisors. Today we are going to be talking about something pretty near and dear to my heart, uh, and we have a special guest. Lindsay Vajpai is the Director of Education and Outreach at Insight Memory Care Center. Insight is an adult daycare center in Fairfax, Virginia. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Hello. All right, so who's who and what's what? Who's going first? Sure. Well, let me let me bridge a little bit from our last podcast to give you a sense of why we invited Lindsay. Um, last podcast, we were talking a little bit about how we can suggest to professionals in senior housing and healthcare the better use of tools that would be able to help their clients and their patients be able to better make decisions about money. And one of the things that we had talked about was making sure that we in the Life Care Affordability Plan team are able to talk to professionals like Lindsay through the framework that they're already serving their patients and the framework that they're already serving their clients. And one of the things that we've learned from Insight, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk to about Lindsay and Insight a little bit more in a second, was they've got some of the, the best plan of care development frameworks that we've seen in the Washington area market. Um, Insight and Lindsay's ability to serve families in terms of making decisions when they're struggling with caregiving for a family member with dementia is absolutely first rate. And part of what we're going to be talking about is what is that framework? How does Insight really help out families making decisions about caregiving? And then talking a little bit more about how the Life Care Affordability Plan as a framework parallels a lot of what works with the SHARE plan. So uh, audience, by way of a little bit more introduction, uh, Lindsay previously worked with the Alzheimer's Association in the Capital Area and also spent many years working with individuals with dementia and their families at a senior living community in Minnesota. So welcome again, Lindsay. Thank you. Why don't we start out with giving you the opportunity to introduce Insight Memory Care Center. Could you talk a little bit about Insight Memory Care Center, what it is, who it serves? Insight Memory Care Center is a nonprofit adult day health and resource center uh, here in Northern Virginia, located in Fairfax. Uh, we see, seek to educate and care and support those who have Alzheimer's, other forms of dementia, their family members, professionals, and the greater community. So we do that in a number with, throughout a number of different programs at Insight. I like the fact that um, one of the things that when we talk about memory support, most people jump straight to like assisted living or daycares that are later stages. But I love the fact that you guys focus on all the stages. So early, middle and late stage support for the families and the person with the diagnosis. Exactly. There seems to be a big gap in the market of serving, especially those early stage individuals, right. families, couples, making decisions about the future, building a larger social network, staying active. So that's a lot of what we do at Insight with our early stage programming. And then, of 
course, having a dementia-specific adult day center. So a place where those with more moderate and late-stage dementia can come for the day and be part of therapeutic programming and build a new network of friends and um, just really have access to lots of services and also giving their, their caregiver at home that break that they right. really, really need. I think it's interesting to explore this, this space in somebody's lifetime of post-diagnosis but pre-need mm-hmm. yeah. um, where, where somebody gets a, you know, a diagnosis that you know, these symptoms of memory fail and whatnot might significantly impact an, an individual's ability to do for themselves mm-hmm. the same way that they had before. And there's a space and part of the reason that we wanted to start with Insight and Lindsay in exploring this decision making with LCAP, Life Care Affordability Plan, is this chapter is sort of in people's lives is sort of a neutral chapter where they're not forced to react to current needs and have circumstances make decisions for them Mm -hmm. like they might be after an injury or after a stroke or after a hospital Mm -hmm. stay where the decision-making a lot of times is hijacked by right. healthcare circumstances. An immediate need. Right. And, and like it or not, you're getting discharged to a rehab and, and the family, you know, whether you accept it or not, right. you still are going to have to come up with a $12,000 check after Medicare mm-hmm. cuts off. In this space with early stage dementia, I think that there's an opportunity with our podcast to explore some of the challenges of making decisions with all that uncertainty where right after diagnosis, you don't know how long somebody is going to live. You're not sure what kind of help they might need. And you still have a lot of roles and responsibilities for the person and for the family undefined. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really where I think the introduction of this concept of the share plan is so critical. Mm-hmm. So Lindsay, please take an opportunity to talk a little bit about the share plan, sort of the you know where it came from, from an academic and a research standpoint and introduce a little bit of how the share plan, particularly in these early stages where there's so much undefined, is a framework where families can start putting together roles and responsibilities to better plan for their future. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned this really important window of time after the diagnosis has been made, but while that person is still early stage and capable of having um, very important discussions with their family members, uh, maybe is not being forced into making life-changing decisions quite yet, but knowing those things will come. But when will they come? Which mm-hmm. creates a lot of anxiety for families. And so this little window of time is really critical to start looking into resources, including the SHARE plan. So the SHARE plan is really meant for early-stage families. And we call them SHARE partners. So that could be spouses, it could be adult child with a parent. Um, to talk with SHARE partners over a series of meetings together to help them decide how they can live most fully in the present, but then make some really uh, informed decisions about the future. So the SHARE program is actually an evidence-based program Mm -hmm. out of the Benjamin Rose Institute in Ohio. um, And the research was done with funding from the National Institute on Aging, a very well-respected program in the community. And Insight was one of the first communities across the nation to implement the SHARE program. We were actually part of the research component. And so this program has been shown to help those families um, feel more confident about where they're going in the future, the decisions that are being made, more comfortable, more informed, more aware of resources. And it really gives a good opportunity for families to work with a professional who's been there before, who's seen lots of families, unfortunately, 
you know, going down this journey Mm -hmm. and can make decisions and have conversations in a really kind of delicate but informed manner where we can work on communication. We can work on reducing stress. We can work on, you know, learning about community resources that you didn't even know existed but could be so beneficial for either of the share partners. Um, And so working with someone individually rather than just going to a class with 30 people there, you know, really gives the opportunity for me as a share counselor to tailor the program to what that family needs. You know, every family that comes through the program is different. Some people have had parents with Alzheimer's disease and they're quite aware of some of the changes that are coming. Um, And maybe we're focusing a little bit more on building a network of support, identifying resources, where for other families, it's a new diagnosis. They don't have anyone else in the family with Alzheimer's disease or a different form of dementia. And they just don't really know what's coming or when or what they need to think about when they're planning for future care and all of those costs associated right. with the care. Well, I think also if we go back to the professional side of things, so just as a reminder, I was in the senior housing and healthcare world, you know, as a marketing professional working with these families. And so many times the families just didn't have a plan. They knew they needed to do something and they needed to look at a possible assisted living, but no one had ever sat down with them early on in the process to not only help the the Wells partner put some framework around what they could or could not handle as things progressed, but to give the person with the diagnosis a voice. Mm-hmm. So when they no longer have the voice that the share partner can feel confident that they're doing what they agreed to do a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. So there's two parts about this with the share plan from my, my experience. One, the professional side, feeling that those families with early diagnosis have done something like this, which helps the professional down the road best provide for them. And number two, giving the person with the diagnosis the opportunity to say what they want but have their partner be realistic about what they're going to be able to provide. Mm -hmm. So those are two really valuable viewpoints that I've learned in the last year, just from having a few clients that have done the share plan and then trying to translate that into something here with the life care affordability plan. Mm -hmm. It's been great. Lindsay, sorry, can I interject real quick? Lindsay, you said two things that really resonated with me. You said the, the anxiety that a family feels. Also, you talked about it being a journey. Uh, and I've likened it to a freight train. Uh, Because everybody knows where the train is going, uh, the final destination, unfortunately, because there is no cure. But what I and you kind of feel trapped and helpless, I think, a lot of times where the families do because they just they don't think there's any control over Mm -hmm. this. But we know that through therapies and resources and things that we can actually slow the train down at least a little bit. Uh, Can you talk about kind of how those resources play a big part in what you do and how it kind of affects a share plan? You know, one of the things I hear most from families is I wish I would have known sooner. I wish I would have taken an action sooner. In fact, I got an email this morning from a woman who's been coming to one of our support groups and her husband passed away about a month ago and she was writing her thanks to the other support group members and sharing her kind of lesson on this journey is, you know, even when you think you've planned or you think you have time to plan, you have to do it sooner. The things she thought she was doing in plenty of time, she turned out she just did in the nick of time, right? Mm -hmm. But she didn't know that in the moment. And so there's this anxiety about things are going to happen, but we don't know exactly when. For both the family member and the person diagnosed, there's this feeling of loss of control, loss of independence, loss of certainty. And so having some of these conversations like through the share plan allows families to talk openly about the future. Um, And for that early stage individual to truly be part of that conversation, 
one of the things we do in the share plan is work through, you know, what is that the diagnosed person's care values? What are the most important things to them? Those Mm. things like deep down in their gut that help them make decisions about the future and weigh options. We talk about values. We talk about preferences. And we also talk about reality. For many couples, especially spouses, they might prefer that their partner provide all of their care in the future. But is that really realistic? Mm. Is it healthy for both partners? Does that balance both persons' interests? Um, And so the SHARE program really allows people to have those conversations and make a plan for the future so they're feeling more confident. They're feeling more in control over where that train is going, right? We know where it's going to end up, but how can we have some more control along the way, be more informed, more comfortable, even in, you know, an undesirable situation? Absolutely. Uh, there's There's an interesting turn of phrase that I wanted to focus on, and it was something based on what Eric said was the freight train metaphor. Language a lot of times is real important in terms of how you connect with families that are facing this. There's a distinction, I think, between dementia as a diagnosis is a freight train versus feels like a freight train. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you're trying to go to where the family is, I think the professionals should be, and I think the share plan does this, appropriately cognizant of the fear of loss of control and the fear of the irrevocability of what that future might, might portend. But that's not, I think where the balance of the share plan really sets itself apart. One of the things that Lindsay said early was the balance between the present and the future. Mm -hmm. What I think that we've learned a little bit with the life care affordability plan and in terms of bringing clients, bringing patients, bringing families to a place where they're more able to accept help is a focus on the present, which is another way to look at the things that they might be most hopeful for, the things that are right in front of them. I think that one of the things where I see a parallel between life care affordability plan and the share plan is not a preponderance of the long-term freight train undefined worst case scenario but what are the practical things that we can do right now, right, right ahead of us, the things that we're most hopeful for that can, you know, integrate family in new roles that might be able to, you know, allow different friends and family to express affection, caring, love in different ways. But right now, as compared to only everybody huddling down and mm-hmm. trying to, you know, get in a bunker uh, in mm-hmm. a fetal position based on the awful thing that might be coming where I think the share plan sets itself apart is that balance between there's actually a lot of practical things that you can do right now that impacts lives, that impacts clinical outcomes. And from a financial standpoint, can give people the opportunity to accept and build out a support network that might be able to enable an individual to be able to afford care for a longer mm-hmm, period of time. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. with Lindsay, with that a little bit in mind, why don't you talk about, you know, how the share plan actually works, what conversations look like and, you know, pay particular attention to that balance of the hopeful here and now versus the, the, the more concerning long-term. Mm-hmm. So the share program actually is a series of five sessions with myself and those two share partners Um, And the SHARE program in Northern Virginia, we actually go into people's homes to do this, uh, which is a really nice way for me to learn about that person and their family. So when we're talking about the future and all of the different options, whether it's staying home, building out family and friend support, in-home care, or the option of moving to an assisted living or some type of community, I'm in their house. So I see what the setup is. Mm -hmm. You know, how well are they managing right now? 
and what can that tell me about how things might go in the future, as well as the physical layout. Um, and so over the series of sessions in their house, we have sort of a curriculum that we follow each each week that we meet. Each meeting is about an hour and a half each. So we talk about care values. We talk about preferences. Uh, we, we kind of draft this share plan. We go through a number of brainstorming exercises to identify who are those families, family members, friends, neighbors, maybe church members, community professionals who can help support that family and help them accomplish whatever their goal is, if it is to stay at home for as long as possible, if it is to find the right community. Um, some families maybe haven't gotten their legal and financial documents in place yet, so maybe that's something we talk about. Then we do also spend a whole session talking about self-care and engaging in fulfilling activities. You know, so one thing I'll share with families is this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Let's say your loved one falls and breaks a leg. Sure, things are pretty difficult for a couple of months, but we grin and we bear it. We get through. We're talking about years long. How do you continue to take care of yourself, both share partners, on this kind of marathon journey? So we spend a lot of time talking about how do you make sure you get enough sleep and a healthy diet? And how do you do that when you've got these competing priorities at home, changes, health appointments, decisions to be made. And so how we kind of put these plans and, and goals in place. And then there's an optional family session. In the share plan, many share partners will identify particular family members, let's say adult children, and they anticipate a certain role for that adult child. If I'm going to go out of town, my son is going to fly in and, and take care of my husband for the week. Or I've got this neighbor who loves to cook. She's going to bring me meals every week. But this is an opportunity to actually bring those people that we're talking about in the plan into the conversation. Are they actually on board with that? Is that reasonable? Did they anticipate doing something more that you didn't realize mm. that maybe your adult children wanted to be more involved than you originally thought? Um, and so we involve the family and friends if, if the share partners choose to do that. And then we wrap up our last session talking about how do you maintain this plan? What do you do with it next? When do you enact different portions of the plan? Where do you keep it? So it's really kind of all-encompassing, talking about how do you live most fully now, build that support, identify with resources, you know, continue to do the things you love to do, but then also make that plan for the future. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, one, like I said, I've seen this process with a couple clients, and it's just amazing to hear them talk about at the end how they got through it. It always amazes me when you have two, because it's my understanding you individual, you um, interview the two share partners separately, right? Mm -hmm. So portions of the plan, or portions of the program, I'll talk with just one partner at a time because right. I really want to hear each person's perspective without them having to kind of modify what they say yeah, yeah, for yeah. the other partner in the room. So I think it's always interesting when you find that one person, the person maybe who has the illness is expecting A, B, C, and D from the spouse and then the spouse's answers is completely different and how the sh through the share plan process, you're able to bring them together and come to an agreement of what's reality and all of that. But also seeing them on the other side from a, nobody really wants to talk about money, especially when they have no idea what's ahead of them. Mm -hmm. So when they come out of the share plan, we found that clients are, are ready to start talking about money because they're confident in the plan that you've helped them develop mm -hmm. as opposed to somebody telling them what the plan is, they've owned it. Mm -hmm. And so now they're ready to take it to the next level of conversation about money. So from my days in healthcare, when people would walk in my door, 
most of the time they didn't have that confidence about they know knowing what they wanted. Mm-hmm. They were really kind of like flatman, like, well, we know we need something. We're not sure. Yeah. This experience has been great for me to watch it on the other side. Yeah. yeah. The, the share program really builds, it builds a foundation. So each meeting right. that we have, we're building on the things that we talked about in previous meetings yeah. and we're sort of teaching families how to have these conversations and how to plan. So then when they get to you, they're comfortable with that process and emotionally they've started to wrap their mind around the different options for the future so that they can actually get down to the things that you can help them with. They've been through a lot of this brainstorming, emotional tug of war kinds of conversations. Right. Right. And if you go back to really the very first podcast that we had about how families facing caregiving don't talk about money, we, we know that one of the major impediments towards functional discussions about money is the inability to identify the new most important things in their lives. Right. So Lindsay, the, the, the 22nd catch up, we explored the concepts that how do you figure out how you're going to pay for your goals? If you don't know what your goals Mm -hmm. are, if you're reacting to a diagnosis, if you're reacting to a hospital discharge or something like that, a lot of times senior families remember they, they're not aware that their priorities are being changed or they're changing their priorities and a lot of the expressed priorities that they had in previous chapters of their lives they haven't been able to rearticulate the new hierarchy of the most important things and i think with with dementia there's 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 a somewhat predictable sequence of let's try to keep things as close to they are right now for as long as possible and when that doesn't work usually a priority is Couples want to stay together, even if it means a different setting of living or things along those lines. What's happening for a lot of these different for a lot of families is they haven't been able to articulate the new most important thing. And that's what I think one of the gifts of the share plan really is, because there's clarity on priorities when they come out of the share plan. And that that's that's I think where this conversation is is most helpful as we as financial professionals need to go to where the senior housing and healthcare professionals like Lindsay are like, what's the framework that they've built in order to get their clients accepting of their new circumstance and more ready, able to self care and to ask for help where it's appropriate. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing that we're doing. We're sort of the plus one on the back end of the, on the plan of care. When we can come in with a life care affordability plan, families are better able to articulate having gone through the share uh, the share plan process, what their new most important things are. And just like you've said, they've already perhaps redelegated different roles and responsibilities. And when we're doing some of our financial strategies, be it investments or cash flow or whatever that is, it's very much the dog wagging the tail. The most important things are driving the decisions, both clinically and therapeutically, but also financially. And that that's where I think that, that, that that's most helpful to sort of you know, make some linkage between the two. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, talk a little bit about what areas of finances are able to come into the share plan and what sort of, with your experience so far, is the line beyond which, you know, the share plan really doesn't cover. We know that being able to manage personal finances, checking accounts, that sort of stuff is one of the first things from a symptom check standpoint that might unravel a little bit. But talk a little bit about the subset of finances as one of the different roles and responsibilities in the share plan. Absolutely. When we're talking about different tasks 
and the preferences of the person who's diagnosed, who's going to help with these things if I need help and I will need help in the future. Finances is one of those things that changes early on, even in the early stage, that person's ability to manage their bank accounts, their insurance, to make phone calls, to, you know, to work with different accounts, all of that starts to change. And this is one of the first places that we see responsibilities start to shift to another family member. And quite often, especially with uh, married couples, you may have a spouse who never managed any of the money, never made any of the financial decisions, um, you know, just was not the person who had to be responsible for that, now taking on all of that responsibility and how overwhelming it is. So one of the things that we talk about is making sure you have the appropriate documents in place, um, sort of some coaching on my side of transitioning some of these responsibilities away from that diagnosed person, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a way that's not just ripping off the Band-Aid, but we know that that transition needs to take place. So starting to work more as partners, working right. as a team, which is a lot of what I'm building with the share plan is getting people to work together versus feeling like, well, he's doing this on purpose or she doesn't want me to have that or, you know, having this conflict. So working as partners and talking about finances and when we're talking about options for the future, helping families have some understanding of what that financially might cost, whether it is an adult day center or an assisted living or hiring a care manager or, or an attorney or anything. People want to know, okay, that sounds great. You're telling me I should do that, but you have to give me some kind of idea of what that's going to cost. You know, so I'm giving them sort of like the generals and I might be giving them uh, referrals to different people in the community that, you know, that they might want to work with. But then that's when they get passed off to maybe a financial advisor who's really working through that long-term plan Mm -hmm. of how do you set up your assets in such a way to utilize them to the fullest extent possible or for the family if their goal is to pass as much, you know, as many of their assets on to their next generation. You know, that's where where you guys come in and really help them work through those details where I'm just giving them more of like, here are general options and generally what they cost, but now you need to work with a professional that is an expert in this particular area where you need help. Mm-hmm. Right. How much is the share plan, by the way? The share plan is $300 per couple for the entire series. So wow. that's a series of five sessions plus an optional sixth family session. There's no additional charge for that. Uh, and like I said, the sessions are usually around an hour and a half. We go to the people's homes. It's a great value. That's it's, incredible. It's, yeah. it's a lot of, it's a really great value. And it's a, a lot of one-on-one time with a dementia expert. So you're not wasting your time researching internet, this and that, not knowing where to go. I'm getting to know people very closely and I'm seeing where they live and I'm hearing, you know, one-on-one their challenges and I can help guide them in a way that's actually useful for them in the moment. Um, And usually doing a lot of work on the back end too. There's always things that come up in our share sessions that it's like, let me follow up on that. Um, For example, last week, someone was interested in digitizing her VHS tapes Mm -hmm. that just happened to come up in our conversation. So it's like, well, I think I know somebody who can help you with that. So let me follow up with that information. So there ends up being a lot of kind of prep work and and follow-up work um, to help support whatever it is this family is looking for. Sure. And on our website, we'll be able to put some contact information for Lindsay and Insight Memory Care Center. But just a quick blurb, how do of our, our listeners in the podcast, what's the easiest way to contact you or Insight um, if they're interested in the share plan? Well, the easiest way to find Insight is um, probably to look, look at our website, which is insightmcc.org. So that's I-N-S-I-G-H-T-M-C-C.org. Or to give us a call, 703-204-4664. And to talk with either myself or one of our other um, colleagues, 
and really understand what are some of the options available to me, the share plan, what are the other resources that Insight has to offer, and we're happy to walk through that. Um, there's no charge for consultations at Insight, so if you want to just set up a meeting to come in and, and just sit down and chat and see what's available, uh, we're always help, happy to do that. Lindsay, thank you for all of that. And to our podcast listeners, I'd like to encourage anybody that's on the early or any stage of a dementia diagnosis to reach out to Insight, to explore their website, and to potentially explore the application of this SHARE plan. My experience having been party with a lot of clients to the SHARE plans is, is I've, I've seen circumstances where families are able to come together outcomes change, lives change. And that's really going to be a lead in for our next podcast that Lindsay's going to be joining us with. Next podcast, everybody, we're going to be exploring some specific stories and circumstances where share plan has been applied to some very different family uh, situations, whether they be individuals or families with adult caregivers or spousal caregivers or whatnot. Um, our vet and Lindsay and I are going to also be exploring how life care affordability plans have paired with something like SharePlan as, as sort of a model of a best practice plan of care most successfully. But I think the three of us, we talked a little bit before the podcast of exploring what we've learned having gone through this particular framework, this process, and how we're better positioned as professionals now in, you know, in uh, putting together some of those lessons that we came up with. So join us again next podcast. Um, Lindsay, again, thank you for joining our vet and I. This was a, an exceptional conversation. We appreciate it. Thank Eric? you. Lindsay, I want to say thank you not only for being a fantastic guest, but for what you do. It's amazing how much you care for your clients and, and, uh, and their families. So thank you again for what you do. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today on the Life Care Affordability Planning Podcast with Tom and Arvette and Lindsay today. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tom and Arvette come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And for those listening to this podcast specifically, please share this with somebody that you know needs it. Thanks again for listening. For everyone at Life Care Affordability Planning, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. We'll see you next time. Views and opinions provided herein are those of the individual speakers. All content is informational only and is not intended to be an endorsement or recommendation of any particular investment strategy or other course of action. Consult your tax, legal, and financial professions concerning your specific situation. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through SEIA LLC. Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Life Care Affordability Plan is a marketing name for SEIA. Services related to evaluating the client's health care treatment plan are independent of and not endorsed by Royal Alliance Associates, Inc.